Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast, here with me, Colton G, and today we're talking to Mike Robbins about his debut single as a solo artist, Lightning, Don't Strike Twice. Yes, you may have heard of Mike Robbins before. You may have heard of him in groups like Autumn Hill and East Adelaide. He has built quite the reputation for himself as a country music artist over the last decade. But now, now it is time for Mike to finally allow himself to shine in a whole new light as a solo artist. And we're taking you behind the music of this new single. Starting out from Mike's beginnings of being inspired not only by his dad's classic rock albums, but by some of the greatest country guitar pickers the world has ever known and how from there we have progressed through the years of Autumn Hill, East Adelaide, and even a vocal surgery that left Mike unable to sing for months, that he had to go through recovery for, to train his vocal cords again to get back on stage, a place that Mike's heart really truly shines, and we're gonna also talk to him about what it was finally like to play on the stage again. All of this. All of this and more in the final episode of year three of Desert Tiger. Yes, you guys, we are finally here. And we're ending it off strong here with Mike Robbins. And you're getting it all thanks to DesertTigerMerch.com. Have you guys gone out and checked out those Heather Cardinal and Heather Sapphire king of the desert shirts yet brand new sweeping we've got actually one small in both of those colors left plus we have all sorts of other merch like toques because you know it's about that season that you need to keep your head warm so why not do so by repping the desert tiger podcast at the same time and now Now it's about time we jumped into this conversation with Mike Robbins to talk to him about this transition into being a solo artist. But before we kick it all off, how about the song that is kicking off this new journey, this new direction? This is Lightning Don't Strike Twice. I prayed for a miracle Lift me up in the summer rain Hit me like I can't explain And now I see it Yeah, I believe it Lightning don't strike twice No, it don't strike twice It's a once in a lifetime kind of thing We got that kind of fire That makes me want to buy 
there won't be another Lightning don't strike twice No, it don't strike twice Yeah, I've never felt nothing like the way she's got me feeling now like I'm on cloud nine And I don't ever wanna come down There was a one in a million chance Of me and her happiness Lightning don't strike twice No, it don't strike twice It's a once in a lifetime kind of thing We got that kind of fire That makes me wanna buy her A 24 karat shiny diamond ring Cause there won't be another Lightning don't strike twice Lightning don't strike twice yeah. From the moment I met her I just couldn't picture forever without her It's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing We got that kind of fire that makes me wanna buy her A 24-karat shiny diamond ring Lucky for me when it rained before Cause this girl's love's like the perfect storm She's got me feeling the thunder She don't gotta wonder Cause there won't be another The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right, man. I'm really sorry to hear about all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a fun. A fun morning. I'll tell you that. Or really, it was. It wasn't a fun like 3 a.m. when 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 it started filling. I can only imagine what the. Uh last oh my goodness nine hours have been like for you i mean <laughs> yes yes a lot of like swampy sludge kind of crap coming out of here so, <laughs> uh, so i mean the guy literally like honest to god the guy walked out of the door like said like you know he's been here all morning just been snaking pipes and you know i thought, I thought they're gonna have to bust into the into the wall where the where the main line comes out of but he said that he was able to get whatever whatever the issue is out he walked out the door, and Mackenzie just texted me like, "Hey, are you still available for the podcast?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, right, we got to do this." <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, up to my ankles in sludge here in the kitchen. But yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, if you're willing to uh, get work through it and get things done, I am too. I mean, hey, that's show business, right? Absolutely, man. We're we're guerrilla warfaring this. It's my first solo single. Come on, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, it is your first solo single after a decade of building quite the name of yourself within this country music genre. So before we oh, thanks, man. go into 
uh, this new single, I want to take a little bit of a background as well. So when you started, when you first got into country music and you got the opportunity to tour around worldwide, play festivals, do all these other things, was country music one of those things that like you listened to growing up? Was it always a key part of your heart or was it something that you learned to love? Um, you know what? I grew up in a really like classic rock or, or classic music kind of family. Uh, my father was a massive Beatle collector. He's a drummer. My mom is a singer. And, you know, the classics were always kind of on here, whether it was, uh, like I said, the Beatles of Stones or, or, or Johnny Cash or, you know, early Elvis, that, like that kind of stuff was always sort of in. So it's always kind of been, you know, in, in my heart, in, in, in the background of, of my life. But it wasn't until I would say I became a little older and very obsessed with like the country pickers, like a like a Vince Gill, a, a Brett Mason, or or obviously like a Brad Paisley and a Keith Urban that really clicked for me. You know, like growing up in Toronto, I was experienced, uh, I was exposed rather to a lot of different types of music. But when I stumbled onto those, you know, male guitar solo, male guitar kind of acts and. Um, that really like opened, opened my eyes to the, you know, the genre. Yeah. As I said, it's always been there. Like the amazing storytelling in country music is, is just been something I've been a fan of forever. Okay. Fantastic. So that actually unleashes a few things in me because when it comes to country, it's two things there where it's, you don't hear a lot of people put over the guitar playing, which is fantastic. And even from the guitar community, a lot of players, I mean, outside of Brad Paisley, don't seem to get a lot of the credit that they are very well deserving of. So it's fantastic that that's what drew you into it. So naturally, you're a guitar player then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a guitar player. I mean, you know, a guy like Tom Bukovac is is a, a huge session ace down in Asheville. Uh, played on a lot of key stuff too. And, um, you know, he's just a huge hero of mine. Okay, okay. So was guitar something that your parents got you into at first, or did they get you into a different instrument at first? Or I'm just interested to know, since I'm sure they passed on some of their learnings and knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I remember being like six years old, you know, putting like concerts on, singing into like my grandfather's flashlight. So I was always singing. Um, but it really was, uh, it really was drums first for me, actually. I, you know, I wanted to be like, I think it was like Dave Grohl or, you know, Ringo Starr, obviously growing up with, with my dad as, and his Beatle influence, but, but Dave Grohl was a huge one for me for a long time. And, um, they bought me my first, uh, classical acoustic guitar. I must've been about 10 years old. I have to admit, you know, it just, it just didn't click with me right away. I really wanted to like, you know, bang the drums and stuff. And for some reason that, that uh, classical acoustic, you know, it didn't sound like the, the guitars I was hearing on all of these records and I couldn't really like click with it. But uh, a couple years later, I, when I was like 13, I was, I was sort of begging after a while because I had put that guitar down, but they were nice enough to buy me my first um, Fender Stratocaster, you know, uh, made in Mexico, just kind of a mid-level one just to see if, you know, I was actually going to stay with the instrument this time. And uh, it's the guitar I played all the, all the way through, you know, all the way up through Autumn Hill and Saturday. And even today, it, it is still my number one go-to guitar for when we got, you know, for, for live. Oh, dang, that's, that's crazy. 
Yeah, it has stayed with me forever. I've had, I've had a, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of really beautiful guitars, you know, come and go and, 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 you know, but that's the one that's just always, always stayed. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you have that constant through all of these different projects and everything else. And like you mentioned, you've worked through quite a few different group projects before coming into this solo realm. So one thing I yeah. definitely want to know was the decision to go into the solo music. Was this something that you've been thinking about for a while? Was there a certain moment that inspired you to pursue this? What was this decision like? Uh, you know what, honestly, this, this, is, uh, this has been the dream for a long time. I've, I've done just about every job you can do in, in this industry, whether it's like selling merch at concerts or working the door or, uh, you know, recording, a, a, sorry, a studio musician or a touring guitarist or backing up other artists. And, and it's always been, it's always been the dream. You know, I've always felt like, um, it's, it's just, uh, well, I don't know if it was, you know, like I said, the Keith Urbans or the Brad Paisons or, or Bruce Springsteen is just, you know, looking at, at my heroes and stuff and being like that, that's what I want to do. And I, and I ha I've had this music in my head for so many years and I just felt like now is the time to really, you know, bet on myself. Like I've been, I've been very fortunate to have been a part of some incredible projects and I'm extremely grateful uh, for the, you know, connection the country audience has sort of shown me to, to my music. It's, there's, there's not, I, can't ex I can't even explain it. There's nothing else better in the world than jumping up on stage and rocking out with an audience that like is singing your songs back to you, you know? I mean, I'm, it's, really, it's really humbling. So I just sort of felt like now's, now's that moment. It's the moment I want to bet on myself and, and go for it and try and get this music into the world. All right, awesome. Like you said, it's about that time. You've done pretty much everything else and you have had people <laughs> sing along to your songs before. So why not continue to get that feeling, continue to inspire, and keep putting smiles on people's faces. That's the goal, man. That is totally the goal. <laughs> awesome. So, at what point did you go into the studio for this solo work, begin writing this solo work? What has the process been like for this? Well, this is, this is, this is crazy, right? With everything going on in the world right now, with the, the pandemic and all that, it really changed the recording process for this one. I've always been writing songs, obviously, for, but it's been, it's been a, a, you know, a, quite, a lo quite a while now. And I've always been like, if I, if I really loved something or felt like, you know, this would kind of work to what I was thinking be right, I've, I've sort of kept them aside and stuff. But I really got into this idea a couple years ago, and I've been just writing like crazy. Um, but with recording this song, um, so sorry, I was down in Nashville doing, doing co-writes and all that, all that you know, all that great stuff um, right before the pandemic. And then obviously the pandemic hits and we started talking about how we were going to record this. And it was an experience that I've actually never done before. I, it's recorded in multiple different studios. I, uh, I recorded all of my parts on the track, like the, the vocals, the guitars, everything in my living room home studio <laughs> here. And then I would just fly the tracks down to, or, or email the tracks down to, Nashville where my my producer would you know sort of put it all together and make all that work and there's um there's this amazing pro uh program or pro product I guess you could call it where we can actually stream in real time with no sound quality loss 
So we were able to like work digitally where like, you know, I'd, I'd sing something and we would like, you know, he would edit something and we could comment right away and hear it. It was, it was like being in the same room, but in two different countries. It was, it was wild. <laughs> oh, wow. So it still allowed you guys to have sort of the feeling of being in the same room and being able to go off of each other and work off of each other without having to wait for the, that person to open up the next email. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and Dave and I have been working together for so many years. I mean, even before Autumn Hill, we, we worked on some projects. And then, you know, he, he produced a lot of the Autumn Hill stuff and then the East Adelaide stuff. And so we, we, we really are co- like comfortable. We, we know how we work. And this really allowed us to keep that keep that going, uh, which was like super inspiring and really creative at the time. But I will say I do much prefer being in the studio, you know, with the guys and getting it all ready and and, and laying it all down and stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a, that, that for me is still the best. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a whole different energy of being able to actually be within the true presence of a, another human being. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when you're making music together. Yes. You know, especially when you can look out and, and you know, the drummers groove in and you're playing with them and everybody's sort of locking, you know, locking together and stuff. I think that's, that's still the, the best way. I like to create. Yes, absolutely. So, of course, you've mentioned that there's some change coming into this, obviously, in the recording process due to various reasons. But over the years, we as human beings change, too. And like you've mentioned, over the last decade, there's been a lot of things. Autumn Hill, East Adelaide, and even a moment where you had to take a break from singing to do a little bit of recovering. So... Coming from all of those different projects and at a point where you couldn't sing, how do you feel that you have grown not only as a musician but as a human being over this last decade? That is wow, that is an amazing question. And <laughs> I don't think anybody has asked that. How have you grown as a as a human? That is that is awesome. I would say how do you how do you say that without without coming across as uh, <laughs> ego-y, because I would say I've experienced a lot of growth. I think I've experienced a lot of growth if I was to try and take a look at myself that way. You know, so many things have happened in this last decade for me where, you know, whether it was career highlights or, like you were saying, or, or dealing with some, some pretty heavy stuff. I mean, going through the vocal surgery was, was an experience like nothing else I'd ever ever experienced. So it's sort of been a roller coaster of a decade for me. And I think it really, it's taught me a lot. It's, it's definitely made me, you know, take, take stock and take note of, of the good and be extremely grateful um, for so many things in my life. And also, you know, taught me maybe a little more patience and, and, um, and, and understanding and, and being okay with, uh, with the bad and, or, you know, the down and, and learning, learning to let things roll off your, your back and, you know, and as well, the lessons of putting the work in, <laughs> of taking, taking, uh, you know, taking this whole thing seriously and, and really focusing on, on the music I want to create. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a pretty good answer. I think you did a pretty good job. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, I was like, did I fully answer the question? I think so. That, that, that was good. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. You got a good direction going there. And one thing I definitely do want to know before we continue to move forward with this new music is 
Coming off of that vocal surgery, since you've said that playing in front of people was definitely one of the major parts of this journey for you, one of your favorite parts, what was it like to finally get on stage with East Adelaide and play at a live show again after that? Oh, man, the the honest, the 100% honest answer to that was extremely exciting and unbelievably nerve-wracking. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, after after going through months and months of therapy and, and learning of like vocal therapy and, and learning how to sing properly again and, and uh, you know, there's so much self-doubt. There's so much like, is my voice going to sound like me again? Am I going to be able to sing the way I could before? Are, are, you know, are you going to lose any of the higher notes? What's it going to do to your range? Like, there's so, there's so much that goes into this that like that, you know, can, can really just kind of knock you back. So, I mean, getting, getting on that stage, you know, getting to the point where I, I could a sing the record, um, we could record the record and everything and going through the tour rehearsals and everything, it, you know, you, you feel good. Like it, I definitely was working very hard and being cognizant that I didn't like blow my voice out or anything. Um, so you definitely feel good, but getting on that stage, getting to that moment, it's the best feeling, and at the same time, like I said, unbelievably nerve-wracking. Just uh, you know, and then when you get into that first song and you realize, I'm good, I got this, this is okay. It just you know, you feel like you're flying again. It, it, it's the best feeling in the world. Ah, well, I'm very glad to hear that. I'm very, very glad to hear that. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Really do. Uh, no worries. All right. Let's jump into some of this new work. The new single, Lightning Don't Strike yeah. Twice. It <laughs> drops the same day as this episode. The audience has already heard it. So, All right. <laughs> with this being said, let's take a little bit of a dive into this track. Your first solo track as a solo artist. So, I want to know, hey. What is it like to finally have this song out into the world? And B, what went into crafting this track? Absolutely. Um, honestly, you know what? It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the feeling of getting back on stage, where I'm extremely excited and maybe a little nervous. You know, I'm really, I'm really anxious. Well, I guess now that it's out, uh, I hope people have, have checked it out. But I, I, I've been sitting on it for a little bit, and I've been so excited to share you know, to share this new music with everyone and definitely to, to share this new project. What went into recording this? I mean, like I was saying, it was, it was wild. It's uh, working in multiple different studios and sort of doing this all digitally where we're sending tracks over to each other and going through, you know, going through live takes, not being in the same room, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was, a really, it was a really creative and fun experience, I have to say. For me, the song is is uh, a, just something I really wanted to say to my fiance. I mean, with the pandemic, you know, and everything going on, um, we were supposed to get married this summer. Oh wow! And yeah, and um, you know, thank thank God, like we're you know we have our health. Like so, so many people had so you know so much more cause for concern and, and negative experiences through this. We, we're we're okay, but we were supposed to get married, and we had to postpone everything for uh, about a year and there was just this feeling of you know a little bit of like disappointment as you're canceling you know you're canceling the caterer and you're canceling the the band and all this kind of stuff going on and I just really wanted to say something 
nice and something positive to, to my fiance and let her know that she is my once in a lifetime. And this song is that for, for, for us. And um, the funny thing is when I recorded it for, you know, for, and we were listening to it, we started realizing a lot of people we know were going through the exact same thing. And a lot of people were, were reaching out to us. We were talking over social media and they were experiencing the same thing. And some people had to, you know, postpone or cancel multiple times and sort of go through this. And I just realized that with, with all that's going on in the world right now, with all this, you know, negative um, negativity going around, wouldn't it be great to put something out that I think a lot of people would relate to and just, just had a positive message. And uh, even though I've been writing a ton, this one just sort of, you know, rose and, and felt like this would be the, the best way we could start the new project. Hmm. No, I like it. I like the idea that goes into it where very uncertain times. So just trying to add a little bit of certainty to that person that, hey, you're still my rock. Exactly. Exactly. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. I love the vibe. I love the song. So, I mean, where... Thank you, man. Where, where do things go from here? Of course, like we've said, um, times have sort of changed. It's made things a little difficult. There can't really be like a show to celebrate this release or anything else. So what are the plans for the near future, for the rest of 2020? Um, you know what? I think, I think right now, I mean, touring would be amazing. All, all, all of that stuff doing, you know, whether it was a radio tour or, or uh, just getting to play in front of, audiences again all that stuff would be incredible but i just feel like right now i want to sort of you know give as much as i can and, and we've been you know dave and i i've been creating this record for a while now we have a lot of songs we've talked a lot about what we want to do with it or what we wanted to do with it and instead of those plans because because <laughs> of the pandemic and everything going on i think it's just going to be a continuous stream of music and content coming out for the next, uh, I don't know, six, eight months, whatever it is, a year. I mean, who knows how long it's going to go. So, um, you know, I think people need music right now more than almost ever. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing distraction and it really plays a big role in my life. And, and I think a lot of people's lives out there. So it's just, you know, let's get, let's get the songs out there. Let's just get people listening again uh, to, to this new to this new music and and that's the goal for for the year just just keep the music coming you know we, we've shot a lot of bonus content for this first single we've done a couple of live clips a, a music video obviously you know there might even be a couple of remixes coming and we you know we just want to keep a good steady stream of music coming out this year okay awesome well it sounds like the future holds a lot of very good things for mike robbins <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> really appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So before I ask my last question of our conversation today, where can the ambush find out more about you, Mike? Oh, you know what? It couldn't be easier. We've made it Mike Robbins on all social platforms. <laughs> your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music. It's all just uh it's all just under Mike Robbins. Oh, nice. Nice and smooth like soft butter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at least that's working out right <laughs> <laughs> all right so last question is somebody who sort of had something taken away from him for a moment and had to rehab and build his way back up 
in order to get back to the thing he loved. Say that there's somebody out there who's listening to this, who maybe had to go through a hard time or is going through a hard time and had something that they love taken away from them, even if it's just momentarily. What do you have to say to that person to help motivate them to fight back through this and get back to the thing that helps their heart sing? Huh, that is a great question. I would have to say, you know, let me think about how I would phrase this. I would say, even though, even though it seems dark right now, you, the only thing holding you back is you. As long as you keep, you know, believing in yourself and, and, and have faith that you'll be doing what you love again soon and, and are willing to put in the work, you can get there. And, um, and I think you should, <laughs> I think you really should. Cause it's a, be- it's a beautiful thing when you reconnect with that thing you love on the other side. And, uh, you know, I, I hope, I hope everybody going through stuff like this knows that. And, uh, and, you know, just be patient with yourself. It is a process. It is not an overnight thing, but, uh, you will come out of it on the other side. All right. I love it. I love the answer and I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, me too, man. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, considering uh, what you've gone through in order to get here today, um, I really do appreciate it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yeah. It was one heck of a morning. <laughs> And I hope that you, the ambush, are having a heck of a day in a better way no matter what time of day it happens to be. And maybe it's because of the song that we played for you earlier on this episode that of course being Mike Robbins' latest track, Lightning Don't Strike Twice. And you can find that single, yes, on your favorite music streaming service right now when you're there go ahead and hit follow so that when mike robbins drops some more tracks your way you can have them in your ears asap with that being said it is now time for the final roaring desert tiger thank you to mike robbins for joining us here today We got one of those roaring desert tiger thank yous for Mackenzie and the team over at Strut Entertainment for helping with hooking this interview up. And last but not least, it is you, the mighty, loyal, dedicated ambush, for tuning in once again, like you always do if you're new to the podcast and you haven't joined the ambush yet. Well, it's super simple. All you have to do is go ahead and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening service. Maybe it's the one you're using right now. You can also help the show grow by, yes, reviewing us with a big old five stars, five golden stars. Yes, yes, because you love us that much. You can also share this episode. It's as easy as taking a screenshot of you listening to this episode. And then tagging Mike Robbins, the Desert Tiger podcast, or me, the Colton G, when you do so, so we can show you love, or, well, showing us some love. All right, you guys. So, next Friday on the show, I am going to be joined 
by one of the members of Via Barcelona, and we're going to be talking about their latest singles, their new album that is coming out on that day. We're going to be getting some of the details for you. So why don't you go ahead and join us then as me and one of the members of Via Barcelona talk about their new album, Wonderland, next Friday. All right, you guys, this is the last Desert Tiger podcast episode here in year three of Desert Tiger coming off of September 2020, which has been one of our strongest download months we have ever had. So if you are one of the many people, you are one of the many people who have tuned in to this podcast in the over 90 countries we have been listened to in by the various tens of thousands, almost hundreds of thousands of plays we have received across 127 different interviews. And I thank you so very much for being a part of this journey, whether you've been here since the beginning or you joined a long part way through. We couldn't do it without you, the ambush. And I hope that this that this three-year journey now continuing on to, into four years, and I'm still getting bookings from guests that make me wonder, am I still actually capable of shining these people in the best light that I possibly could? But then I think about it, I have earned these opportunities, and they wouldn't be given to me unless these people trusted me to be exactly that person. So whatever it is that makes your heart sing, that makes you want to do whatever it is you do. I hope this inspires you to put your paws in the sand, to find your oasis, to find your mountaintop, whatever it is that happens to make your heart sing at its fullest capacity. Find that thing and sing out across the water, sing out across the valley in all of your glory with the thing that makes you happy. Because your craft is glorious, it deserves to be seen and to be heard because it is beautiful, just like you. And until year four, kicking off next Friday, here with me, the Colton G. Bye-bye. Stay driven, stay hungry, and like I said, Stay beautiful, no matter what the world tries to throw your way, because you are, deep down, you are beautiful.